Hello, and welcome to the new Girls Basketball Podcast on Game Time CT. Uh, we were kicking around a lot of names for it. We're going to go with Give and Go. <laughs> My name is Scott Erickson. I'm the Girls <laughs> Basketball Beat Writer, and I am joined by uh, the producer, the laughing man, Pete Pagawaga. Pete, how are you, buddy? Good. Um... I'm glad we went with Give and Go. I think it's going to flow nicely. Um, I'm saying I was a big fan of bench warmers. Yeah, we we had a few others that we that we kicked yeah. around, but well, that's my experience in basketball. You were a bench warmer. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't good. Um, couldn't hit free throws. Uh, I was able to run up and down the court. That was really about it. But once you added dribbling in, poof. there's a reason you went to hockey. I think. Yeah. yeah no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I played basketball, but I definitely spent a lot of time on the bench, too. But we want to talk about the girls that are playing yes. instead of the girls that are on the bench. Um, we're going to do this show every week after the new year. We're doing this one to kind of kick it off. Then we'll be back after the new year every week for a show. Yeah, the, we're, we're in the first minute of the first show, and we're yeah. like, all right, we'll see, I'll, 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 we'll see you next month. See you later. <laughs> Um, but we want to make this show interactive the way we did with soccer, with football. We're going to have mailbags every week. We hope yes. that those can generate a lot of questions. We had a bunch of questions this week about shot clocks. Yeah, let's keep the shot clock outside of the mailbag. <laughs> we will talk about shot clocks this year for sure. We're not going to talk about it today. but Eventually it will come up because it comes up every year. So right. let's not flood the mailbag. We had that problem. Also, just a side note, this happened with football. <laughs> a lot of people use the mailbag as like a comment section. Right. So like, yeah. if you're gonna comment, just comment on the website, please. Yeah, comment on the story. Like, don't like be like or ask this person this. No, that's not what the mailbag. <laughs> I would say the soccer mailbag worked really well. Uh, we had some good questions and thought-provoking yes. conversations, and I think that's really a great way. Yes, for it absolutely. To go. And it'll change as the year goes on. Things will arise. Like something will happen or something cool will happen, and we'll be like, oh, that's awesome. But like, who knows when that's gonna happen? So. We don't know. So send us that. Send us stuff on Twitter. We're going to be really interactive with the show. We hope that the girls' basketball community in the state likes this. You know, we're excited to cover it. Um, I, I love girls' basketball. I love basketball in general. It's a great season. The winter season's really fun. I'm glad to be indoors and <laughs> not wearing 15 layers of clothes. Uh, and basketball just lends itself really well to the written word and to video and to everything. Yeah, ba basketball is a lot of fun. I was able to actually get out to a basketball game Saturday. It was a boys' game, but it was like the first time I think I had actually had a right and cover a basketball game in like three years welcome back and i was like trying to do like video and photos and like it was packed and i'm like i can't like leave anything anywhere it was it took some getting used to <laughs> i'll tell you that one uh well we're glad you're here with us uh the people should be glad that you're here just so that i'm not speaking for a half hour straight that would yes uh, that's very important i mean people insomniacs may enjoy that as a way to get to sleep but <laughs> other than that um let's start off by looking at the poll the preseason poll Obviously, we know, and the comment section's full of this, we know it's not perfect. We know yeah. this is probably not the correct order of finish. Uh, I would say that half the voters take the time to talk to coaches and to really look into the preseason stuff beforehand, and some of them just kind of regurgitate the poll from last year, and that's okay. Yeah, I mean... I, people have a, a busy lives and busy jobs. And, yeah, I mean, you're just looking at it, and it's like Hamden got... through. So Hamden got the second most first place votes with three. Right. And they're at five. So how many people left Hamden off their poll because they few. didn't finish in the top whatever last year? And they didn't read the email chain that went, a, that right. went around that they had, you know, three three returning players and two who are going D1. Well, they had, they have five returning players, yeah, oh. two high-level. Apparently, I didn't read the email thoroughly either. <laughs> two high-level D1 players. I, I personally voted Hamden number one. 
for that reason. Uh, I but I get why Mercy got the eleven votes that they got. They're the defending champions, and they're they're a, they're a program that is in contention every year to win an SEC title, and then in return a, a state title. And they'll be in contention this year. Look, it takes time when you have new girls in the lineup yep. to get going. I, we fully expect Mercy's going to be in the mix for the yeah. SEC and Double L. When this, this isn't is, the last we've heard of them. No. I mean, the fact that they lost to Hamden, who's a very polished team yeah. right now, is not surprising. And good for um, Hamden. Good for Hamden. Um, so we have Mercy. Uh, they came in number one. What I like about these girls' basketball teams, um, especially the non-FCAC teams, the FCAC teams have to get into their schedule a little more. But these teams are really playing in conference and out of conference good games in December. There's, they're not playing cupcakes. Like Mercy's playing Hamden, NFA, Notre Dame, Fairfield, and at Holy Cross. Like that's a legit preseason schedule. Hamden's playing Mercy, Weaver, Hall, who's in the CCC and ranked career, who's ranked NFA. First of all, as I was going through all these, I realized that NFA plays every top team. <laughs> they just have a brutal well. That's that's the schedule. ECC. That's been. <clears throat> That's been going around with the ECC the last couple of years and figuring out really where NFA stands within the program. Are they a large school? Should they even be in the ECC? So basically they're like, you can schedule five in-conference games and you need to figure out the rest. I mean, you even look at their football their football schedule. They played Newtown this year. They played, um, I don't know who else they've played, but <laughs> they've played like a lot of different people. Look, that's that's the knock on the FCAC in, in a lot of sports. I mean, even you look at their hockey schedule and it's like, Greenwich is playing six Division three teams, and you're like, really? Yeah. But you know, it is what it is, and you you know you got to give credit to these teams that are going out. I mean, we're going to talk about this later, but East Haven's going up to New London. Yeah. <clears throat> Don't you think Trumbull would want you know an opportunity to to go play or Stanford or Norwalk to go play around the state? But that's just the way that the FCAC operates. And the they, FCAC because they you, the, to their credit, everyone plays everybody, so that only leaves three spots really yeah. to play out of league games uh, and that includes the holiday tournaments that a lot of these teams yeah. are, or four spots to play out of the league games but you uh so you know trumbull is playing all fcac games until their holiday tournament which is like a befo Massac, and them so they have very few games where they can even schedule these crossovers but then you look at nfa they've already lost to stonington and mercy and then they play hand ram hamden and stanford that's not all even... potentially top 10 teams nope. and then they get into their league schedule yeah i mean i think that's kind of how you i mean that's what you see a lot of colleges do uh, do uh, do that obviously uh conference play doesn't start in the ncaa's until for at least division one that doesn't start until really the turn of the new year yeah um but it's a good way to test your team and kind of see where you are because you know you're you're you know in like tight games in the in the in like december the early year getting to the new year and then you get into your conference schedule and it's like okay well this is nothing right yeah, unless your conference schedule is filled with those teams again. But it's like, even if you've done it once before, you're like, all right, now we know who we are. We're battle-tested. We, we kind of know where we sit as a team, and now we're going to go in and play against teams that, you know, maybe we know that we can beat. And, you know, and then, look, everyone saw, oh, you know, you don't need the number one ranking. You don't need the number two ranking. You don't no, need the number three matter. ranking. It depends, likely, unless you don't want to travel. It matters in March. But, like, yeah. you know, if you get into the tournament as an eight or a nine and you win the games, who cares? All these teams know they're getting into the state tournament. They yeah. know they're going to be fairly high seeds. So, like, New London's playing Capital Prep, East Haven, Bacon. I mean, they go out and play these teams because you know those are the games you want. It doesn't make sense to schedule cupcakes for yourself in December just to build up your, your resume. Well, some, teams some the, programs the will Teams in the middle of the pack, it makes sense. Yeah. If, you, if you're a team that's going to struggle to get into states, go out and get some wins where you can get them in December. 
But these teams that we're talking about here that are in the top 10 seemingly every year makes a ton of sense for them to go play these games. And really, it makes awesome basketball early in the year. Now, the games can be a little sloppy and disjointed at times because it's early in the season, but you get great matchups. When we go over the matchups later that are coming up over the next two weeks, fantastic, like fantastic matchups. Um, All right, so going through the rest of the top 10, uh, East Haven was number two. Uh, They were obviously a state champion last year. They beat Career in the M final. Uh, New London uh, came in at number three. They got a number one vote. Uh, Trumbull out of the FCAC, uh, the only FCAC team that was ranked. Trumbull's got lost some key seniors, and their two best players are probably sophomores. So, you know, I was talking to Steve Tobich, their coach, and he's like, we're rebuilding, but they voted us in the top five. And it's like, yeah, but you're a perennial team now. You're in the quarterfinals of double L, it seems like, every year. You were in the finals two years ago. Yeah. Um, you're going to, you know, people know that you're good. But, like, the problem is, is if they lose a couple of games early, they're going to fall out of the poll. Right. And then the voters aren't going to vote them in the top ten again until and if they run the table and get to the finals. And then it's like, oh, look at this Trumbull team that went to the, <laughs> the double L semi. So now we have to put them in the top five because I, that is the mind of the voter. Yes. I think unless you're really paying attention to who they're beating, who they're losing to, the makeup of their roster, like Trumbull's got two sophomores uh, and, and a bunch of juniors and a few seniors, but not a ton of experience from the teams last year. So if they lose a few games, you can understand that. Um you know, Hamden were expecting to kind of be really good all year. But having said that, they still have to play all those teams that we were talking about, yeah. you know, and then go through the SEC. Well, it's, I mean, this is, you know, not to knock on, on the voters because I, 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 I said my say about the football poll. But, you know, we're going to have these teams that are going to be a couple of losses because they've played so many good teams at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And what's going to happen is they're going to fall out. Yeah. And then they're going to be teams in who play – Terrible schedules, or not so difficult schedules. We're going to be nine and zero at the new year, or whatever. And they're going to be, oh, look at this team, you know. And they're going to vote them in, and then we're going to get to the tournament. And eight teams that are in the top ten aren't even going to be uh, playing in the semifinals in any of the division tournaments or the class tournaments. And we're going to be, oh man, where did that come from? And then what we're going to do is we're going to take the double L champ, the L champ, the M champ, and the S champ. And we're going to vote them one, two, three, four, because that <laughs> makes all the sense in the world. Look, these teams, most of these teams are double L or L. Uh, Cognitron is the only team at number 10. Yep. Uh, they're the defending Class S champions. They're the only team from the lower two classes that made the top 10. Uh, they're a solid program. They're already 3-0 and out of the shoreline. But they're not going to play – they're not playing the teams that the SEC, the SWC, no. the FCAC, and the CCC are on their regular schedule. They're, it's just the way the shoreline yep. is. I mean, it, it's a decent conference, but it's not great. Same thing with the NCCC. Like, C. <laughs> I always forget to add the extra C. But I now, think a lot of people always forget the NCCC. I think people think the NCCC teams are just like in the CCC. Yeah, they're yeah. just like in like a different division of the CCC, or they play in the Berkshire League. <laughs> uh, but Ellington, East Windsor, and SMSA, uh, SMSA, who was the runner-up to Cogginshall and S, um, those teams are all going to do, we think, pretty well this season and have really good records at the end yeah. of the season. Are they going to be worthy of the top ten? Maybe you know, maybe they are. Um, but it's hard to say when you don't play double L schools you know what I mean yeah it's you know it's I mean that's just the predicament of the poll every year is do you reward record do you reward strength of schedule uh <clears throat> do you reward you know teams for just playing the schedule that they have again there's nothing you, know, you can really do about it you got to play the schedule <clears throat> in front of you but. yeah but uh, there are things that can be done in terms of postseason and 
you know, and coaches meet and they figure out what to do next year. And there are some coaches that, no, 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 no. We're going to play our 20 in-conference games, and yeah. that's what we're going to do. And we're going to go 19-1 because we're the biggest school in our conference, Berkshire League. And um, <laughs> we're going to go 19-1, 18-2 and get a home game. And then the second round, an FCAC team is going to come up state and, and beat us by 30. Well, so that the Class S is going to see that this year because Trinity Catholic girls are good this year. Yep. They're going to be one of the contenders along with Cog and Chog, Bloomfield, and Class S. So they play all L double L schools, yeah. mostly double L schools all year. So they're probably going to have they're going to lose some games. Yeah, they're going to lose maybe some games at Trumbull or Stanford, whoever. And they beat Stanford. Sorry, they won't lose at Stanford. Um, <laughs> but they may have a lower seed and and be on the road as early as the second round. But they're still one of the top few teams in that division. But the teams that go through a I don't want to say a weaker conference, but a conference that's full of S and M schools. Is probably going to have a better record going into tournaments and yeah. higher seeds. This is a sport. Stuff. This is a sport where you can lose a couple of games. And obviously, in football, you can't. No, you can't. Football, but, but you know, this is a sport where you can lose twelve games and still make the state tournament. You just need to get in. Yeah, you just need to get in, and anything can happen. Because, you know, the way look, if you look at M and S, the way that that bracket is going to be set up, the top seeds are either going to be tech schools, or a Berkshire League team, or an NCCC team that won 18 or 19, 17 games in their conference, and then they might run into, you know, a, like a like a Trinity Catholic yeah, who's played double L and L's all year, and they're going to come in, and they're going to be like, oh, coming to your your school that fits, you know, a couple hundred people. Like, this is nothing. This is this is a cakewalk for us. We just had to sit on the bus a little bit longer. Exactly. Like, um, keep the bus running. Going through some more of the poll, uh, <clears throat> hand – uh, is started at number six. Uh, they already lost to East Haven, but obviously we know East Haven's really good. Uh, they play NFA too, <laughs> <clears throat> and then they play in the Notre Dame Fairfield Holiday Tournament, which is uh, we I think it's going to be a really good uh, tournament. I think Notre Dame Fairfield's a pretty good team. Um, and then Hall came in at seven. Uh, Ram at number eight, uh, who was the Class L champion last year, who beat Farmington, who came in at number nine. Farmington was seventeen and three last year. They've already they're already zero and three this year, but they lost all five starters. I think all yeah. five starters, or at least four of them. Well, that that L final um, last year, you had Ram with a group of five, four or five seniors that kind of went through everything together. I think they all started as freshmen or sophomores. Right. Yeah, they worked their way up. There were injuries, this and this it was kind of like the culmination of four years of really hard work and perseverance to get there and win that title and then they all graduated yeah and on the other side was farmington as well with like three or four maybe five seniors who started on that team that worked so hard to get there and then so i think there's like nine or eight nine maybe all ten starters from that game are gone right and it's like oh but they were in the l final last year so let's vote them high uh, the CCC was well represented here, you know, with Farmington and Ram and oh, Hall. The CCC is so big. It's, I mean, it's huge you look at you look basketball. at any of like the all state teams in any of the sports. You're like, oh wow, there's so many CCC team guys, uh, players representative, and you're like, oh, there's like 40 teams to pick from. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know the, that that division is going to be that conference is going to be really good. Yep. You know, we think Farmington is going to be better. Uh, Ram already lost to EO Smith. EO Smith uh, was a team that a lot of people voted in their top 10. They didn't make the top 10, but they had a lot of votes. Um, they beat Ram by six. Um, uh, Halls, one to one, lost to Windsor. Um, Windsor, we're going to talk about a little bit after the break. Um, you know what? Let's, let's just talk well, about that. Well, hold on. I, uh, uh, before we jump into that, 
40, you said 40 different teams got votes the first uh, year? Week? At least, yeah, maybe more. There might have been 41. I mean, I have to That's wild. Count, but it was a lot. You know, that's people, wild because, well, you see, that's the thing with the, uh, I guess that's the beauty of a sport like basketball. It's like, look, there's just, you know, you look at certain sports and, you know, you go back to football. You can look at football and say, these are the teams that are going to be good. You look, you know, the way that basketball is set up now, right? You got the Division One tournament. You can look and say, okay, well, these are the, you know, you're, no one's going to vote for a D four, D five team in the in the boys' ball, right? You know, unless you're a really good D three team like East Lime, the boys, I think we're like eleventh yeah, in the preseason 41. poll. Forty one, forty one team. You know, but girls' basketball, you're kind of just looking around and you're like, you're we're waiting for a team to 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 surprise us. Yeah. Whether they're in, in S or, or M or, you know, L and double L maybe. You know, when, look, when you play in the SEC and you play even in the SEAC, cause you don't really branch out, but, like, you win a couple of games, all of a sudden people start turning heads and go, Ooh, you know, we might not have thought anything of, you know, Brian McMahon this year. All right. of a sudden they beat Norwalk and they do that. And you're kind of looking around you're like, Ooh. you know, and then they can just come out of nowhere and that's, with 41 teams voting, I, I think you know, basketball girls is really wide open this year. A lot of those teams are from the conferences we're talking about. I mean, you look, it's Norwalk, FCI, Stanford, FCI, Career, SEC, Notre Dame, Fairfield, SWC, uh, Newtown, SWC, St. Paul, NVL, Trinity. I mean, it, yeah. it's a lot of the teams from those conferences. So, you know, if someone throws Ludlow a vote or throws Weston a vote. I mean, Ridgefield's yeah. in there, Staples in there, Ludlow's in there, Weston. Yeah. Uh, and then um, teams like Sacred Heart and Waterford get votes too, and you know they could be good. And by the end of the year, they could be competing for a spot yeah. um, in the top ten. NFA is in there. I mean, NFA should just be in there for their schedule alone. NFA deserved but, preseason votes just for their. But a lot of people <laughs> won't look at that. Yes, uh, unless so, it's handed to them on a plate. So as the season goes on, we send out the results and who beat who yeah. and the scores, and they are more. They, we inform them. We yeah. force them to be informed. And I understand why in the preseason. Sometimes it's not perfect. I do think the the poll was not crazy. I mean, voting Mercy number one was not crazy. No. East Haven, New London, Trumbull, Hamden, Hand, Hall, Ram, and Cogginshog, I think are all worthy of being in the top ten and could probably be there at the end of the season, yeah. for all I know, you know? All right, listen, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back on Give and Go. Don't miss a pass, pitch, or putt this season. Sign up for the Whistle newsletter. And get the latest news and stories sent straight to your inbox from GameTimeCT.com. We are back on Give and Go. Uh, so I mentioned Windsor before we went to the break. Uh, I don't know if a lot of you have seen. Uh, we've all been talking about it around here. But last week they beat Bulkley 88-9. to uh, It's an unfortunate score. It really catches your attention when you see it. Um, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing. Because the coach says in the story, there's a story by Jeff Jacobs on Game Time CT. I, I urge you all to go read it. There's great quotes from both sides. And the coach said, look, we could have won this game 150 to nothing. We could have set the state scoring record if we were pressing. The Bulkley coach is saying, look, you guys, you know, they were trapping. They were getting layups. So at what point does a team have to fully take its foot off the gas or does it? Is it, is it worse if Windsor stands there for a half and doesn't score? I think you have to keep playing, right? Like I, I think you can defensively you keep playing. Um, you know, and we said we weren't going to talk about this, but we're going to talk about this because it makes sense. When you play in the, a game the that doesn't, yeah, be, yeah. When you when you play in a game where you don't have to shoot the ball, hold the ball for thirty seconds, throw it out of bounds, pass the ball around, hold the ball for a minute and a half. Quarters are what eight minutes long, right? 
hold the ball. Oh, you look, I'm not I one, I wasn't there. Right. Two, we don't know what the situation was. Um, you know, the head coach for Windsor, Kendrick Moore, former superstar at Hartford Public, played alongside Marcus Camby, um, played in college at, I believe it was Missouri, or I think it was Providence, actually, now that I'm looking at it. I it think he started at Missouri. But anyway, yeah. that's a, that's not the point of the story. But <laughs> I think you need to just, you just got to slow it down. I, look, I get it's the beginning of the year. You want to get all the girls in there. There might be an opportunity there might not be another opportunity to get to, to clear out your bench. Right. Then you're putting in kids who might not, you know, this is the most playing that they get since practice. Right. right? You know, we don't know, does Windsor have a JV program? Yeah. You know, do these girls get to play throughout the year? Well, again, we don't know this. But the thing is, with all said and done, everyone can make, you know, this is why, this is why, this is why, this is why. The 88 to 9, even when we look back in two months, is going to be like, yikes. It's yikes. It yes. is yikes. I mean, you just look and you go, oh. Because now everyone's going to have an opinion who wasn't there. Right. And that's not entirely fair to Windsor. And it's not entirely fair to the to the girls on, on Bulkley as well. I mean, that's... Well, and as Jacobs points out in his story, they had a girl that transferred. They had a girl that go down uh, with an ACL injury. They had a girl that's academically ineligible. And the coach says, look, the, the magnet schools pull a lot of our kids away. Okay. Those are all legitimate arguments. Um and a reason why Bulkley could not be as good as they are. This does fall, I think you're right, on Windsor, but so you're either saying, look, you pull it out, you don't do anything for a half. Then you're asking your girls not to play. It's a pre, it's an early season game. Like you, I, I would want my girls to keep going. Yeah. I would pull back a traps. I would pull back any press that I was doing. Yeah. But if the other team's going to shoot and miss and you're going to go down and score, I mean – what are you going to do? And if the other team's not getting I've, back, I mean, like, well, see, what this can is you do? this is the number that stands out the most to me, and I think that um, I think Jeff sums it up pretty well, um, like he normally does. But he goes, Windsor outscored Buckley forty-six to two in the second half. Right, and he goes, that's the really that's the real bad number, and that I think is what. Look, if you want to, <clears throat> if you want to blow him out in the first half, you want to run all around him in the first half, go up. 50 to nothing in the first half, that's fine. I'm all for that because it is the first half. There are two halves, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like it's just like one, you know, running thing. And then you get to the second half, and then you kind of pull back. And you go, okay, like, let them get a basket here or two, or maybe we just don't score. Again, just going back to football just because it was so recently and the way that the state championships ended in football, I was at the Han Maloney game. It was fifty-four to six in the first half. Yeah, it could have easily been eighty to six. I yeah. mean, that's just how dominant Hand played in that game, and they just didn't do it. They right. just didn't score. Um, they held the ball, you know, this and this. And football, obviously, you have I a think play it's clock. Easier, easier to do with football. It, you don't think it is? It's easier to not score in football. Really, you think so? Because I would think in girls basketball, where there's not a shot clock and you're not forced to shoot the ball. Right, but it goes against completely goes against what you're supposed to be doing in the game. And especially if, if, so if you're putting your JV kids in, let's say they put their well, JV kids in. Well, do they have in, JV kids? I assume you put some non-starters yeah. into the oh, game. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, look, Bulkley was down 33-2 to in the first quarter to East Catholic. The game ended up being 59-22. Obviously, East Catholic took their foot off the gas. Yeah. East Catholic put their non-starters in the game. East Catholic did what they had to do to keep that game reasonable. Yeah. It's still a crazy score. Bulkley's yeah. going to have problems this year, it looks like keeping staying in games you know Windsor's not gonna be the only team that can score a lot yeah I think to your point that the second half of that game Windsor could just take the air out of the ball 
and not do that. Yeah. Um, well, this this quote from from the Buckley coach, he goes, "The problem with Windsor, he goes, they didn't they didn't full they didn't full car press." This, uh, this is this quote. Yeah. He's like, "But they half court trapped, so basically they were turning the ball over, running it, and laying it in." Half court trap is 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 the same as a full court press in the sense that you're creating turnovers. Yeah, but I'm saying so. What they're doing yeah. is they're forcing the turnover. There's no one in front of them. They're coasting to the lane and they're putting in the points. Yes. You get you force the turnover. You dribble down. You go to the corner. You work the ball up the key. Look, I'm not I'm not a big basketball expert. I'm not going to pretend like I do. Obviously, especially someone like Kendrick Moore knows way more about the game of basketball than I do. But even then, it's like. You want to, you want to work on that stuff because it's earlier in the year. The first Absolutely, half. The first half. but like, if you're gonna look, if you don't want Buckley to score, that's fine. But don't you don't have to score every time. It, look, it's not like baseball or softball when you're sitting there and you don't want someone to get out of. A, if you have a, a batter that's got a 30 game hit streak and you're up 30, you can't tell him, hey, stand in there and swing and miss because you don't want to ruin him. You know, you don't want to ruin him or her out of their rhythm for the next game. You don't take a layup. That's really not the end of the world. Well, listen, I played basketball. A half-court trap is designed to get you easy transition baskets, so you get out of the trap. That is the easy yeah. answer to that. Instead of saying to the girl who has a wide-open layup, don't score, you, have, as a coach, have to say, okay, girls, go back into a packed-in 2-3, let them shoot, get the rebound, and then we'll walk it up court and play a half-court ga- half yeah. game with them. At least you're giving them a shot. Yeah, you're, you're slowing the game down. When you know that you can trap that girl and steal it from her every time, it's it gets ridiculous. Yeah, and then or even again, just to bring up the shot clock, but it's like, all right, guys, five passes and one minute off the clock before we take a shot. Yeah, I, something, and, and 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 this is the end of his quote, and you kind of can't blame him. He goes, "Yeah, I told my athletic director I don't want to take our girls to Windsor in early January." Yeah, he goes, "I'm kind of going to have to be forced to, you yeah. know, but I wouldn't blame him. Why? Why go?" I mean, obviously, look, you look, should go, you should compete, schedule, this and this gotta, on the schedule. Yeah. But, like, if Windsor's – if it – look, it, <clears throat> I don't want to use the word disrespectful or, or any of that. Again, I wasn't there. I don't know. But just from an outsider's perspective, it's like, well, if they don't want to go, I mean, what's worse? You forfeit and you lose 8, eight nothing. It's worse to not go, I think. I think really? I don't know. I see an 8 nothing on the schedule with a forfeit next to it or 88-9. to nine. <clears throat> if you just start not showing up for games, I don't like that. I think I, I don't mean I don't like it either. Go but, um, and try to compete, and look, you just hope that Windsor does the right thing this time. Like, um, this is a resurgent Windsor program under Kendrick Moore. I know they have their first Division One player, um, their first Division One player in a long time just signed. She's going to UMass Lowell. Yeah, her name was. But so I guess this is like a resurgence for Windsor, and maybe you know they should be a team that we should keep our eye on in terms of that they not for this be. reason, um, but for them being just cause good. a good team this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> like I said at the beginning of the show, stuff will happen during this year. That we'll be able to talk to, and this is talk about, and this is definitely one of them. Um, you just hope that this doesn't turn into a trend. No, I mean Windsor seems aware that this was not really the best way to handle this situation is, I mean but are they aware because I think they're aware we're talking about it or talking because about it. Jeff wrote about it yes, like yes. look we, we that's part of our job of course it is yeah, but we but. could go back to soccer and when Hamden beat East Haven 15 to 1 the game would stop 17 minutes nobody was saying anything until Joe wrote the, until Joe wrote the story right that's part of our job it's a no, shine, I know, a, shine but a light like, on these because like no one would see that score or just kind of pass it in the paper and be like this is ridiculous what yeah, happened there. But that's but, it. But, but never know. Now a conversation has been started. I don't know. It's 
I just, the problem is it was the beginning of the year. It's the and beginning later of the in the year. year when we do talk about shot clocks, this would not help. This would not help. No. The shot clock, this game would have been, would have been worse. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, let's take a 88 quick, points. 88 points. 88 points. Game. 88 to 9 is a lot. Uh, let's take another quick commercial break. We'll be right back, and we'll talk about some games we want to go see over the next couple of weeks. I'll be right back on Give and Go. Don't miss a pass, pitch, or putt this season. Sign up for the Whistle newsletter and get the latest news and stories sent straight to your inbox from GameTimeCT.com. We are back on Give and Go. Uh, Pete's getting the Nickelodeon song stuck in my head, <laughs> and I'm going to call him later tonight and scream at him. I'm still singing it. <laughs> Nickelodeon. Uh, uh, Listen, we're not going to be here next week, but there's a ton of really good tournaments to go see uh, over the holidays. So we're going to talk about games this week, and then we're also going to talk about some games that are going on over the holiday break uh, that you can go see that I think are really fun. Uh, let's start with uh, the big one on Tuesday. Uh, I think Pete's going to actually be at this one. Yes, I, I believe I will be making the trip up the shoreline to uh, New London. New London against East Haven uh, at 6 p.m., um, these are two top five teams, two top three teams, yeah. you know, number two and number three teams in the state. Defending Class M champions in East Haven and consensus power every year in New London. This looks like an awesome game on paper. Um, so if you're in that area and you want to go see a good girls basketball game, that is definitely one. Uh, Mercy, who we've talked about before, is at Notre Dame Fairfield, SEC, SWC clash. Uh, that's uh, Tuesday at 7. Uh, Hall is at Hamden. That is a great one. Really, really exciting game. Uh, again, two top five, top six teams. Why can't I be sent to that game? It's right down the block from my apartment. Uh, well, Pete, <laughs> you can send yourself wherever you'd like. If you'd rather go to Hall Hamden, that's certainly a good matchup at CCC. I'm for my car. CCC. Yeah, it's better for your car. There's uh, less deer on the highway, all that stuff. Um, oh, my God, I hit a deer. I'll, I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> um, so on Wednesday, we have a good FCAC matchup, Ridgefield against Trinity. Um, Trinity, we talked about in Class S. Uh, they also view themselves as an FCAC contender. Ridgefield lost a bunch of girls but has a bunch back and should be really good again. Um, Friday this week, we have Farmington at Southington. Uh, the, the CCC is really deep. Farmington's obviously started a little bit slow. But we do expect that program to be back in the mix uh, in the CCC this season, whether they're going to – Make a state final again is questionable when you lose yeah. that many girls. Well, but Southington has four starters back. Southington's they, good. They yeah. only lost. Well, they lost Jeanette uh, uh, Wadalowski, who was their best player for three years. Yeah, uh, thousand point scorer, one of the best. I believe she was all state last year. Yeah, uh, well, she was all state for us last year, right. which is a little different than the coaches' ones. Um, so I mean, Southington looked at a lot of uh, underclassmen who who got better as the year went on. Southington made a little bit of a run. Replacing Jeanette is a player like her. It's just not easy, not and easy, that may yeah. take some time. But four starters back is something I know any coach in the state would take. Absolutely. Um, and then Friday, wrapping out the week, is Hamden at career. I mean, Hamden's just playing everybody right now. I mean, this is a league game, but their December schedule is just so awesome. And if they can run through that, it's going to give them a ton of confidence. Uh, next week, uh, we won't be here, but... Uh, we have Northwest Catholic from the CCC on the 20. The games kind of pick back up the 27th, 28th. So on the 27th, which I think is a Thursday, uh, Northwest Catholic plays Bacon Academy. Uh, Staples plays Ward in the afternoon. That's a really good FCAC game. Uh, Immaculate from the SWC goes to play Ellington, which is one of Ellington's few 
out-of-conference games and a really good test for them to play a team from the SWC. Uh, and then 12-28 is uh, if you have a chance to go up to Newtown, they host the Threes for Charity tournament. Uh, and Pomperog's playing Ridgefield at 11 a.m., Norwalk's playing Cromwell at 1, and then Newtown plays later in the day. That's a full day of basketball. Um, the holiday tournaments are really a great way to go out and see a bunch of good teams. Yeah. If, if you like girls basketball or boys basketball, whatever it is. But we urge you to go out and see those games. We will be back the week after the the new year with a new show, a uh, new poll. And uh, I don't know what day we'll be back. I, think I the will new year's look that up right now. Monday or something, right? I'd, New, yeah, uh, 31st New Year's Eve is, is so we'll probably be back. I mean, we can try and come back that week if we want to just jump in. Yeah, maybe Wednesday that week. Or, yeah, um, like the second or something. Or, or we'll definitely be back before the 7th. The 7th would be the latest right? And that Monday. Exactly. And the poll's <laughs> going to be coming out on Wednesday that week. Uh, and I think Wednesday moving forward, too, uh, so that it's not Sunday night. Uh, but, yeah, we will not be here New Year's Eve Morning, I, I will not be here. No, not at all. Um, but we do urge you to go out and see the games. Uh, we're really excited about this podcast. I'm really excited that Pete's here with me. Yay! Uh, yay! Woo! Um, but we will be back in the new year with Give and Go. So have a happy holidays, uh, whatever you celebrate, and enjoy the rest of your 2018. See you next year. Ha 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 ha. Goodbye. <laughs>